You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. And welcome to episode 96 of Three Geeky Ladies. I'm Elisa Paselli, and with me today is Vicki Stokes. Hello. And Suze Gilbert. Good morning. Good morning. It's afternoon here. <laughs> Not good, afternoon. Morning. good morning. Good it's morning. morning here. Top of the morning to you. How's that? <laughs> okay. Again, still still dealing with this cold, so I will try very hard to hit the mute button so I don't cough or blow my nose into the microphone. A little inside baseball. We're recording this a few days after episode 95 because I'm going to be out of town all next week. So we thought it might be better just to record now since what we're discussing is not time sensitive. And I'll upload it once I get back next uh, next Saturday night. So before we get into it, I did want to give a brief update on the Apple Watch. I did get some feedback from longtime listeners Dorothy Yamamoto and Fitz. Dorothy had suggested recalibrating, which I cannot do until I can breathe again, because that it requires walking at my normal pace for 20 minutes. And I'm not quite there yet where I can walk as quickly as I normally do. So once I feel better, I'm going to try recalibration. Uh, Fitz had suggested putting the watch on the opposite arm to see if that made a difference. That's a good idea. That's a great so idea. So I tried it. He suggested I tried it yesterday. It went on my right arm, which is my dominant arm, and I just knew what would happen, and it did. I recorded steps standing still while brushing my teeth and moving laundry from the washing machine to the dryer. So that was a very short-lived experiment. So back onto my left wrist it went. So what I ended up doing is I called Apple support. I told them what was going on. And what we're going to do is because he thought this was unusual also. What we're going to do is, again, once I'm feeling better, I'm going to try recalibration. If that does not work, then what he wants me to do is basically restore the watch to factory settings and start as if it's a brand new watch. I'm not going to bring my backup into the watch because for all we know there could be some sort of corruption in the backup because I did do this before earlier last year but I brought it back from a backup this time I'm going to set it up from scratch and see if that makes a difference if I'm still having the same problems with you know eating battery and incorrectly counting up the steps then he's going to do some get some information from the from the watch somehow that he's going to give to the engineers so we'll see what happens. I'll just mm. I'll keep you updated and let you know as things progress. But for now, I just don't take the step seriously. That's all I can do. It's more of an idea. It's, or, it's more of a make sure I get to the gym, make sure I'm standing, and that's that. And the other piece of feedback we got uh, was from Scott Wilsey, who said that his tech changes for 2016 were he, re- he bought an iPhone 6S Plus, and he has a 27-inch 5K iMac. Wow. Yeah, wow. I'm impressed. Yeah. So <laughs> thank you so much to uh, Dorothy and Fitz and Scott for the feedback. We do appreciate it very much. 
I miss so. I miss Scott. I miss doing pocket-sized podcasts. I used to have fun <laughs> with that. We've, well, we're you... going to be hearing from Scott soon. Yes, that's good. I hope he's doing well. Yeah. So today's topic, uh, the seed was planted, what was it, July or August, Suze? You and I were on the phone, and we were chatting about whatever we were chatting about. And as normal, a conversation it, it it goes or it's organic. It goes from one topic to the next, and I was mentioning to you that I had given someone a gift, and never received any kind of thank you, whether it was a phone call, whether it was a a, a Facebook message or a, a text message that said, "Hey, got your gift. Thank you." Absolutely nothing. And I've seen this person a few times since then. Zero acknowledgement of the gift, and that got us to saying, you know. There's no such thing as social media etiquette anymore. And that's what we wanted to talk about today. But I don't even, I think social media, but I just think people are losing the niceties and the considerate gestures of life, you know, because it's not even social media. Like, for instance, when I give a gift, uh, like, for, for instance, my nieces, I have yet to receive a thank you from them. You know, to me, a text message or, you know, an email or, you know, it doesn't have to be a, or a handwritten card, just a text message saying, you know, thanks on Suzy, you know, I'm going to go buy blah, blah, blah. Um, that's all. And I just, mm-hmm. I guess, you know, some parents don't bring their children up to say thank you, but I do think it bodes well when you do instill mm-hmm. that in kids, because for instance, you know, I remember when my youngest son was interviewing for um, colleges, and every time he got an interview, um, he sent a thank you note. And one one of the um, colleges that he went back to for a second interview commented on that. It's just the niceties. People are taking time. They're either giving you money, their hard-earned money, or they are um, taking time to you know, think of you, why would you not take two seconds out of your time just to dash off an email, go to a card app and send a thank you card, or just text them to say, thanks, I got it. It means a lot to me. I don't understand that. We're losing that. I I told you before how uh, I grew up in the South, and if you make eye contact with people, you're supposed to um, acknowledge them. Um, And when I went away to school, I did that, and people thought I was crazy. (laughs) Um, it just it just was something that I had, didn't even realize that you do and that I was doing it. It was just so natural. And maybe that's the reason why we're losing our social graces, because those parents never really adapted to those things or they felt that they weren't important anymore. And it's just not something natural. It's not, you know, you can't make somebody be polite. You know, you can't make it's people true. think about other people. We are very selfish uh people, our race, you know, and that's the reason why the human race is, you know, I guess you can consider us to be the top. We, we, we think about ourselves and it's just, just natural for us to be like that. And for us, but for us to interact with each other and to get along, we need these rules. And um, that's my two cents on the regular social uh, etiquette. Well, you know, it's funny you say that, Vicki. Yesterday I was, I, take my parents grocery shopping every week. And we had gone to the registers and there, my mother can't walk very well. So for her to stand online is difficult. And I saw a cashier with the light off and she was counting the money. 
And I just went up to her and I said, are you opening or closing? And she said, I'm opening. Thank you so much for asking me that. I said, is it okay for us to put our food on the belt? And she goes, absolutely. And so we started putting the food on and I was chatting with her and she said, so many times if she's standing there, the light off, and even if the close sign is up, people will start throwing their food up on the belt. And when she says she's closed, they start screaming at her. So she was so thankful that I took the time to say, are you open? Is it okay if I do this? Instead of just assuming it and then yelling at her. And if she said, no, I'm sorry, I'm closed, I would have moved over to the next register. So for all I know, that could have changed her entire mindset for the day. Because sometimes just saying something, hello, how are you, can make the difference between a good day and a bad day for for the other person. I agree with that. I See, I was raised to write thank you notes. My mother, you didn't get a present. And even if it was Christmas, you wrote every single person a thank you note. And I did make my boys do the same thing. But we've, people also um, are thrilled when they do that. You know, even if he calls and just says, you know, both of my boys are very good about calling if they can't write just to to say thank you. I got the gift. It was awesome. I'm going to go do this, that, and the other thing. And I agree with you about the eye contact too, Vicki. Um, I think eye contact's very, very important. I think it's so irritating. Oh, my blood is boiling already. When you're speaking with someone and you're having a conversation with them, and I make eye contact, I'm an eye, to- I'm an eye contact type person, and they look down at their phone or they look down at their watch, or they look over away from you like somebody else is so much more interested. I'm like, what the heck? Excuse me? It's like now we are a society of ADD people. I mean, mm-hmm. we have no focus. We have no attention span. I think, I mean, I, I am thankful that Steve Jobs brought the iPhone into the world, but also I, no matter where I go, no matter if it's France or Dallas or Oregon or Maine, everyone is glued to their phone. You, you, if you see somebody in a restaurant, what, it always makes me laugh. I posted this on Facebook not so long ago. My husband and I were waiting for a takeout order, and I looked, and every single person in that cafe was glued to their phone, even though they were in a family situation. They had kids, and they had parents, and everybody was on the phone. I'm thinking, we've become a society of phone zombies. It's just amazing. And I think because we feel we have to drive because god forbid if there's a text message that we could have siri read to us it's much easier i suppose to look down at your phone and swerve all over the over the road i i don't you know it's so frustrating because there was a life before the phone and we're i think we're losing that human interaction because we can't we always feel we have to be on top of every piece of news every text message every email and I, we don't, we really don't. There's times like when I'm in my studio, I refuse to answer the phone. And sometimes I'll go all afternoon in my studio. And then, you know, at night I'll sit and I'll look at things and ha- have the world stopped because I didn't check my phone every two seconds. No, it hasn't. Oh, yes, it did. It did. It did not. <laughs> and I can it's tell crazy. you right now, and I don't want to get political, but right now <clears throat> I have gone from being a news junkie to a non-news junkie. I don't yeah. even care the news anymore, yeah. which is really saying something about yeah. me, but I'm glad it, because it's given me more time to do other things. So, yeah, you know. yeah. Well, it's not just what you see in the news. It's I go to websites and that, ha- that have comments and I will read some of the comments and they are horrific. 
Yeah. But some people write. They write so many nasty and negative comments. Because they're anonymous. Um, well, sometimes they're not. Well, well, yeah, yes. To a degree, yes. I mean, I watch Good Morning America in the morning, and they have a – I have also follow them on Twitter. So I pretty much ignore it during the morning because it's just a recap of all the stories I did over the, over the show. And because they're in different time zones, they, they, every hour they're just doing the same things. But in the afternoon, they'll post links to little stories or videos that maybe they just came across recently that weren't on the show. And sometimes it piques my interest and I'll go and I'll read it or I'll watch the little video. There have been comments that I could not believe, like, how do you live with yourself? You know, a mother maybe who died of cancer or a mother who died after giving birth. And the people will comment, you know, well, she was fat anyway. She deserved to die. You know, mm. things like that. It's like, what is wrong with you? Yeah. I know. If you what? can't say something constructive, even if it was, you know, God bless the poor, you know, the poor woman who just passed or, you know, may, you know, may her family find peace or, you know, something comforting or positive. Why do you have to put that down? What is wrong with you? I will tell you that more than ever in my life, I can't, I can't ever remember saying this in my life. Remember the, the bumper sticker, mean people suck. Do you remember that, mm-hmm. that bumper yeah. sticker they used to have? Yeah. But I remember, I know now, I, I've always, and, and Vicki, you're, you're the same way because you're, you're in nursing. You, you have this, you've got to be kind. You can't be nasty and be a nurse. I mean, you, you're dealing with people that are frightened, that are sick, you see people at their worst and you've got to deal with, you know, families and, you know, and physicians and, you know, a whole host of things. So you learn to be tolerant and put your, put them first. You, you don't put yourself first as a nurse. You put your patients first. You know, you advocate for those that are scared and, uh, and ill, but I never, I mean, I like people. Because I wouldn't have been a nurse if I didn't like people. But I can tell you now that when I get home from driving, my husband is wondering what the heck's gone with me. Because I, I look at him, I say, I hate people. Oh, God, I hate people, Mike. And he said, what mm. happened? I, it's either they're rude, they're inconsiderate, they're terrible. They they're, they bring the inconsiderate behavior to the road. Um you know, cut you off, won't give you a break. It's like, what is wrong with people? A little kindness goes a long way. I don't understand it, but I say that all the time. And I'm, I just, I can't believe I'm even saying that, but. It's, it's, it's like they're being competitive or something, you know, like, oh. Oh, I got to get to the, I got to get to the stop sign before you do. Um, it, so, and if you cut, you get in front of me, then you've offended me. And that's another thing. I, I don't get these young kids talking about, uh, Oh, they somebody disrespect me, or he he was being disrespectful. That don't mean you can hit somebody or commit a felony because somebody said something to you. Words, <laughs> you know, don't really kill you, you know. Um, and know. I've always I was I was raised. My dad would always say, "Don't let them think that they got you. I don't know. ever let you know that saying. Don't let them see you sweat. Let yep. just roll Absolutely. off your back." That's the best way you can get at somebody is just to let them think that they're they're insignificant to you in your life. Um, and then another thing about the social media thing is you, when you write something, who are you writing it for? Who's your audience? Who are you attacking? Because if it's something vicious, that sounds like it's personal. I know. You know and if you get a personal problem with somebody, then you shouldn't have an audience for that. 
uh, conversation. And this is a stranger, like what I was talking about. This is a stranger. You you know you don't know this person. Why would you say something like that? One uh, uh, one story was a child had cancer, and because of it, um, I can't remember if it was a boy or a girl, but she had you know gained a lot of weight and was bloated from the medication. And they were just some of these people were writing the nastiest things about her because mm-hmm. she was bloated. And I just thought you have to take the time to think about saying this and then type it. Why? They think they're entertaining Why? someone. I don't know who they're entertaining themselves. Uh, you know, or, or is or is their job title internet troll? Yeah. H- hence my hence my word. I hate people. No. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I read some of the things, and my jaw me, literally I I drops. People. I should I should re- I need to rephrase that because I I mm-hmm. will always like people, of course, but I hate mean people. Mean people. What is your problem? It takes as much energy to be negative and mean as it does to put a smile on your face and be nice. You know, there's many times when, you know, I'm waiting in line for something. And I'll, you're right, Elise. I'll go up to the cashier and I'll just say, hey, how's your day going today? And then I'll go, thank you for asking. Because you think, how, you know, after a while, you know, checking in groceries or checking in whatever, you think, oh, my gosh, that must be mind-numbing. That must be just mind-numbing dealing with, with, with people all day. You know, it's, it's people that, you know, are mad because you didn't get their coupon or, you know, they got the wrong item or I don't know. I just Well, I've been been guilty. I've been guilty of just not acknowledging the people that are doing a service for me. And then afterwards, I think back and go, what was the purpose of that? You know, uh, I mean, at least have a conversation with them. You know, they try to talk to me and I'm not in the mood. I I just ignore it like I didn't hear it, that kind of thing. And that's rude, too. Um, But but on the other side, Vicki, I have been to cashiers who don't say a word. Yes, me too. And yeah. I used to be yeah. a cashier in various places yeah. and I had to train them sometimes. And I would say, there are three things you say to a customer. You say, hello, you tell them what their total is and you say, thank you. If you say nothing else, yeah. you don't need to engage yeah. them in deep conversation, yeah. but you acknowledge that they exist, even though they can look up and see what the total is. You tell them what their total is. There's been times for, no, I don't want to say for spite, but there's been times like I've looked up, I see what my total is, I will stand there. I won't do a thing until they turn around. They go, oh, 2792. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Tell me how much I owe. And then when yeah. you give me back my change or my receipt, say thank you. You don't have to say, yeah. have a lovely day. You've saved $27. Just hand me my receipt, and, and, say and- thank you. In return, you could have saved your job because in, I used to work, uh, in, when I was in college, I worked as a cashier at a grocery store. And one thing they told you, you said the average family, this is way back when, okay, Mom, uh, you guys know we are, we're uh, mature women here. <laughs> but <laughs> when I was in college, the, they said the average family spent about $700 a week on groceries. Could you imagine if you offended that family? When you offend a that week? family, you offend their friend. Yeah, yeah. The average family. I'm sorry. A month. a month. Okay, that sounds more like. I'm okay. sorry. And, and she's like, "Could you? Could you imagine? You offended that family. Yeah. You offended another family. If you if you offended their, their their extended family and their friends, none of those people are gonna go back to that store. There have been grocery stores that have been closed. You know, they mm-hmm. were closing grocery stores at during that time. Um, at, 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 in in uh, St. Louis when I was uh in school, and. We were concerned because, you know, some of the stores were buying each other out and, you know, uh, and some of the locations were closed because they weren't generating enough revenue. And then one of the things that when I was trained, they said, you you 
you acknowledge the people. You make this is your family in essence in this store because these people go to this store religiously. They consider it to be their store. And if you start treating them like they're, they're strangers or that you, you're not, they're not welcome, they won't come back. You know, it's, right. it's just this regular being just just we're not asking for very much. But hello, how you doing? Acknowledging them, you know, because um, the cashier is the last person you see. And you could be perfect. Like in a grocery store, you could have wonderful help at the bakery. The meat department can be fantastic. The produce can be gorgeous. The prices are good. And you have a bad experience with the cashier. You lost them. Not only that, most of the gone. time they have to wait to get up to you for you to be rude to them. You know, Americans are not patient, you know, so make that experience as enjoyable as possible, you know, and the same way with us, you know, I hope we are not coming off as negative, nasty or whatever. If we are, call us on it, you know, so we can back up because we're not perfect. You know, we're not saying that we're perfect, Um, but, you know, we, we have to realize that what we say can offend, it can hurt. And that's never my intention. You know, and I'm sure it's not Elisa's or uh, oh, Tuesday. Oh, of course not. No. Yeah. yeah. You know, there, the other thing that bothers me about social media in particular, it's not so much about Facebook, it's more about Twitter, mm. is that people feel they can shame people. They become very self-righteous, very self-righteous on Twitter. Uh, and maybe they do on Facebook, but I just noticed Twitter, and it really turns me off sometimes about Twitter. Um you know what really bothered me once? I think I've mentioned this to you guys before, but it was a few years ago. And I, it's like everybody has their little Superman cape and they're, you know, self-monitoring Twitter and keeping Twitter safe. And um, this girl, Twitter safe. <laughs> yeah, keep Twitter safe, uh, super Twitter users. Um, there was this girl, I think her name, I want to her name was Justine. And she was a young girl. She didn't have hardly any, you know, Twitter followers. She worked for a PR agency. And she sent out a tweet. Um, She was on holidays or something. And she sent out a tweet before she went to uh, South Africa. I think it was pretty, I think it was South Africa. And if people know the story, excuse me, I'm just kind of paraphrasing this because it's my memory. It's it's kind of faulty at times now. Um, But she sent out a tweet that said, um, going to Africa, hope I don't get AIDS. Um, just kidding. I'm white. Okay. So she had like a hundred and something, you know, it, was it, was it stupid? Yeah. She got on the, no, she checked her phone, I guess, before she went on the flight, you know, nobody had responded, which she didn't have that many followers. So it was no big deal. She gets on the flight 11 hours later, she had lost her job. She had tens of thousands of hate, hateful, uh, Twitter messages. Um, her friend deleted her Twitter account. I mean, she got off the plane and the apoc. I mean, basically it was the apocalypse. Was it her t- tweet in poor taste? Absolutely. It was absolutely. But it's this mob mentality. People feel they need to shame people and they need to take up this mantle of righteousness. Like they've never made a mistake. And they've, in, instead of just saying, hey, God, you know, you really should delete your tweet. That was kind of stupid and, and inconsiderate, you know? Yeah, but um, the, thing is, the thing is, is that everybody is isolated and maybe they don't read all the other tweets. But once you realize everybody's already responded with your same comment, why are you adding on? <laughs> She didn't. Your comment she, is lost in the wash. I'm talking about the people who were criticizing her. Yeah. You know? So she yeah. she basically got yeah. got off the plane, and and there was a guy even waiting for her oh to report for, to report to the other Twitter phobes. You know, on wh- wh- when wait a minute, she, they knew where she was going. 
Yeah, they t- they actually she broke all the rules of social etiquette. You don't was, let people know where you're going. Well, it, <laughs> not safe. It, it was it was trending on oh Twitter. Where is Justine? So they basically tracked her whole flight. I mean, pathetic. Absolutely. Oh god. And there was another tweet um, where this girl was at Arlington Cemetery. I think somebody was also at Auschwitz too, and they posted oh a photo of themselves. You know, I think somebody posted uh, of smiling at Auschwitz. Well, again, poor taste, oh, but, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, yes, it is very poor taste. But yeah, use I remember it, that one. But yeah. use it as a learning tool thinking, why are you smiling? Do you realize the place that you're in? Um, yeah. But people start really call, name calling. And um, I think somebody was at Arlington Cemetery and they were by the, the sign that said, I think it was silence and respect and they were pretending to scream and they flipped the bird. Well, then the next thing you know, she, she was uh, fired from her job and she, she woke up the next day and there were all of these newscasters, you know, out at her house and her, her work came over and asked her for her keys. Come on. I mean, people are losing their jobs over these tweets, over being insensitive and kind of stupid. That's the thing I'm saying is that I think people should be using social media. If they're going to call out people, don't do it in a nasty way. Try to make people learn saying, you know, this is really inappropriate. Do you, do you get yeah. it? Do you, do who's you your talk? Know, who, who's you your talk? The history and then maybe send them some links to exactly why they shouldn't be insensitive to that. Do you know how many people died at Arlington for, do you know why uh, pe- people are buried at Arlington cemetery? It's just you, people sometimes are ganging up and shaming people, but yet, they're they're missing an opportunity to try to teach and uh, again tolerance. You know, yes, that person was stupid. It was a stupid and sensitive tweet. But should someone lose their job over that? I I don't I don't quite get that. I, I don't. Well, they don't the want the, They don't want mentality. To me, that's no different than somebody in the Middle Ages. You know, dragging somebody out and stoning them to death for a, a not a serious infraction. It's it's the modern digital way of stoning and tarring and feathering somebody. Well, the one the reason why companies do that because they don't want the blowback on the company. True. You know, absolutely. Uh, so, but mm-hmm. but and so that's the reason why you need to be very careful about what you say on these on these things. I've actually gone back on my Facebook page and deleted a bunch of stuff off because I just I, I said I don't want somebody to look at my page and think this stupid little joke. It's me, you know, or that I'm being mean or anything like that. And I, I just started editing my my Facebook page. You know, I just took all that stuff out because, I, number one, I don't want to offend anybody. And and even though I have a small audience of people that I um, target my messages to, they sometimes forward it to other people, you know, and I don't want that to be somebody's I, introduction I to me. It's some little stupid or mean, mean. Huh? I don't think you should be censored. I don't think we should always. No, I censor control. myself. You know, and I, and I think that's the uh, the problem that most people don't censor themselves. Yeah, they but it could think... be taken, and it could be taken out of context if someone yes. reads it two years later. Yes, yes. When you, know, you meant it to mean this way, but they meant it, they interpret it in a different way. And the, the audience that you sent it to may be different. You know, these people may not even get the, like you said the context. It, Though you're sending it to a certain audience who should know you by now, they're your friends or whatever. Um, even then, sometimes they, I get friends that go, what is this? What are you talking about? I don't get this, you know? And then I realized maybe I should delete this because it's people that know me don't understand what this is. 
then I might be offending someone. Well, everything that we write, if you think about, is always going to be in a historical context. So if you were in the 1930s and you wrote, I just read the most, the the greatest book, uh, Mein Kampf, then you know, people, be, uh, you, you know, but no, but I'm just saying historically, if you yeah, no, I know what you said, people would be liking saying, oh, I can't wait to mm-hmm. read it. Yes. I think it was the best book I ever read. You say that now, and you're going to have a totally different reaction to that. So everything is in a, in a historically political, um, um, or histor- excuse me, a historical context. It's just where you are in that period, you know, of, of history. And so, you know, if you think about it, you know, if you were in the 70s and you were uh, a Nixon fan and you were tweeting about how wonderful he was and then after, you know, he became impeached, you know, it's, it's just always his, historically. So do you go back and do you delete all the tweets that you were said that you were a fan of Richard Nixon? You know, that's the thing is that um, do we are we always pandering to some sort of tacit uh political correctness. That's why I don't believe that people should always delete their tweets necessarily, but I do think you're right that you, when you put something out there, you have to, before you, I think sometimes people are send happy. They're like trigger happy. They think you have to kind of say, is this going to be provocative or is this how I really feel? Because I think many times people send things, um, just to overtly be provocative and to start up a Twitter, you know, to try to break the internet. Um, I don't necessarily self-censor myself, but I don't also either tweet or put stuff on Facebook that I feel that um, would, you know, would rub people the wrong way. Cause that's just not what I'm into. I don't want to, to rub people the wrong way. You know, I just kind of make it more innocuous, I guess. Well, you know. it's, it's sort of like you remind me that we, we said the thing about Mein Kampf, uh, like March Schultz. You remember her from uh, mm-hmm. Cincinnati Reds, uh, uh, oh, presidency, yes. uh, yes. made that comment about the Nazis. You know, they just went a little bit too far. Uh, <laughs> people really need to realize that what they say, they were their words. Words can be weapons. Oh, and absolutely. That's a very painful period of time in the world, you know, when we, it, it was like the most horrific thing in the world. And for you to minimize it to some people, it's like you're condoning it. And for her to be in the position that she was, the managing general partner, president and the CEO of a major league baseball team where there are people of all races that worked underneath her or for that organization and for her not to be smart enough to know that that wasn't uh, uh, the appropriate thing to say means that she needs a PR person to tell her to, to screen every word that came out of her mouth. She's, she's, she's passed. She passed away. I just wanted to make sure that people don't know that I'm trying to trash her or anything, but even if she was alive, you know, people in her position need somebody to tell them to sense to, to, Look at, but you're representing more than just yourself. You're representing this organization, but you need somebody to say, hey, that may be the inappropriate thing to say. That is something you shouldn't say. That's a, that's a subject you shouldn't touch. You know, but but on um, that same on that same note that you bring up an excellent, excellent point, Vicki, on that same note right now, um, the San Francisco 49ers. Um, Colin Kaepernick took a knee, as many people know, he would take a knee. He didn't want to stand uh, for the uh, the national anthem. 
because he felt that he didn't feel right about standing where, um, because, you know, he felt that black people were oppressed and it was a uh, heartfelt and political decision for him. So the blowback was, it was that people were angry at him because they felt he was being anti-police. And I'm not taking, I'm not uh, espousing my opinion on this. I'm just saying that there was blowback as far as that. And some people said, well, why do you feel you're, you were oppressed? You were adopted. You, um, your parents, your adoptive parents were white. And, you know, you, you have no reason to say that you're oppressed. Um, but the other, for me, it wasn't about that because, you know, um, you know, him taking a stand, that's his right. He's an American. He can take any type of stand he wants to, regardless of his color or sexual orientation or anything. That's why America, you know, Americans enjoy that degree of freedom. However, what was interesting to me and you were saying about Marjorie in charge of the Cubs. It was that they said if he want. Some people said this, and this was was particularly intriguing to me. Some people said where he was at work because basically, you know, he is a football player. His employer is the San Francisco 49ers. Why is he doing this at work? If he's an employee of the of the San Francisco 49ers, which is part of the NFL, then he should not be using that as a political platform that he should just be going in to do his job. And if it means standing for the national anthem, that's what it means. It means standing for the national anthem. So, you know, I thought that was interesting because I thought, hmm, you know, that is, that's a valid point. But again, do, if we are employees, like say, for instance, you know, I go into, and of course I'm not no longer a nurse, but if I went into a hospital and everybody, we had to say the Pledge of Allegiance with our hand over our heart, can I take a stand as an employee if I don't want to say that? I mean, t- that I thought that, it, that I thought that was uh, the, the yeah, person. Yeah, they goes, already settled that. Supreme Court said you can't make somebody compulsory to pledge allegiance exactly. or pledge anything. And that's what the, that's the stance of the 49ers was, is that we it, it's not compulsory. Mm-hmm. This is a democracy. People keep forgetting that. And just because I say something bad about saying my sister don't mean I don't love my sister. Same way with this country. And he has a right to, to have his opinion. And I'm just amazed that he did it because he the, the blowback. The blow, it was fierce. Was just, oh, it yeah. was fierce. But you got to realize that even if you're rich, this does not stop you from your rights from being violated. Not only are his rights violated by people saying that, oh, well, you should shut down and not say anything and you should be quiet. But as an African-American, he's driving down the street, all they see is dark skin, and it doesn't matter that he's Colin Kaepernick. Maybe even the fact that he is Colin Kaepernick may be the reason why he may be attacked. This is something that African-Americans have to live through, have lived through in, uh, since the beginning of this country, and it's gotten worse. Before And it's going to continue to get worse before it even remotely gets any better. But it's acknowledging, people need to acknowledge that this is happening. You don't have to have an opinion about it. You don't have to agree with it. You don't have to do anything. But you don't tell somebody to be quiet. Because that, I agree with you. That, I agree with you, Vicky. Because I think too, you know, he yes, his I think his his mother is white. His father um, is African American, and he, you know, he felt. I mean, he was really embracing his, uh, for lack of a better word, his blackness. 
and well, his see, heritage. Well, you got to that he's, he's, this is, uh, this is painful for African Americans. Absolutely, and and think painful. about it. And think you know, about it. I mean, he's white and he's black. And so, and he sees what's going on, you know, with, with the, with the black and within the African-American community. And I understood that. And the thing is for him is that he did, which I think if the 49ers had a winning season, it would have been less of a point of contention. Unfortunately, the 49ers, and it's not Kaepernick's fault. I mean, it's just, it, I mean, the, Chip Kelly, I think, is gone now too. Um, you know, it's 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 just the whole team. But I think if they had a winning season, I think people would have shut up. And it, it, that the one thing about Americans is we love winners. We love competitiveness. We love winning, and um, we don't like people to. It's it's for instance, it's like what the women are going through right now. Not to uh, detract from um, Colin Kaepernick for a minute. But like so many women now are going down to Washington to march. And I was telling Elisa, they're making these pussy hats. And they're just a very simple hat. And when you sew it together, it looks like little um, cat ears because of Trump's remark about grabbing women by, you know, uh, this starts with a P word. I don't know if I can say that on the crotch. Okay. By the crotch. We'll just, just say by the crotch. By the crotch. Thank you. But the <laughs> thing is, no, but, yeah. but I said it in a different context. I said it like a kitty cat. But um, again, you know, it's you're you're right, Vicky. We do live in a country where we don't have to be silent, and that's what makes us very unique. And I'm very grateful for that. As much as I love France, I still am very grateful for the ability that if we don't agree with something, we can speak up and we can say our opinion, and nobody can take that right away. And at least yeah. not right now. So, but um, one of the things one of the things that I wanted to mention is that even though the forty people they didn't have a winning season. Um, the players for the 49ers voted Kaepernick uh, for the 49ers award for inspiration and courageous play. Yes, and based on that stance, they stood behind him because they realized this is a real thing. This isn't something somebody's making up. You know, <laughs> there, there is a disparaging way that minorities and poor people in this country, regardless of race, poor, definitely in their neighborhoods, they're being treated differently. They're being policed instead of, be, of being getting a service from the police department, the police considers them all to be criminals and treat them as such. And that's something that needs to change. I have to say, that's all all this young man saying is that this needs to stop. That's it. I I have to say that Dallas though, um, I think has done a really good job with that, you know, and it's our, I I feel bad that um, David Brown, Lisa, uh, chief of police retired. Um, He's very young. I don't know what he'll be doing uh, right now, but um, he led, I mean, he really led the way with race relations in Dallas. And yeah. that's what was so shocking when we, you know, had the, you know, that incident where all the police were killed. So, you know, and I, and I agree with you, Vicki, it's, you know, it's a dialogue that needs, that's the thing is I think more than anything, he wants a dialogue to start and, you know, nothing's going to change unless people start talking and in, in about it. It shouldn't be the white elephant. Or in this case, no, you know, no pun, but it shouldn't be the black elephant in the room. People need to talk about this. We need to talk about these things in order to start, um, you know, healing and working on things. And um, it, it goes right down through everything, not just police versus, you know, young African-Americans. Yeah. It's everyone there, needs We're there all are ways, a community. There's ways of handling this that the police departments around the country needs to look at. And uh, Philadelphia is one of them where they had police officers that lived in the neighborhoods. So, mm-hmm. you know, these people, 
you know, everything about them, not only just, okay, that I arrested them one time, but you know that parents, you know where they're from, you know where they live. When it becomes personal like that, it's it's easier for somebody to look at people as people instead of pop or suspects, you know, um, and um, that's, 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 that's just the kind of dialogue that I yeah. think Kaepernick and whoever Black Lives Matters and all these people should be espousing toward. Yeah. To, to, no. Let's come up with some solutions to solve this problem because policemen are human beings just like anybody else. You know, see, I, I see where you're both coming from. But the problem as I see it, and this is my personal opinion, um, and I'm not, I, I basically, oh, I can't even say the words. When Trump becomes inaugurated, when he gets his inauguration this week, he is a bully. And I am not, I'm not making a political statement as far as if you voted for Trump, didn't vote for Trump. I don't care. I just found that he is a bully. There has been an increase in violence because I I relate directly to him because of him being a bully. Just in my area alone, there have been swastikas drawn. There has been um, high school students, mostly white male high school students, have been telling Muslim students that they are going to be sent back to the Middle East. There have been Ku Klux Klan uh, cross burnings. Jeez. Uh, yeah, this is just in my area, and my area doesn't do this kind of thing. And that today, just a few hours ago, I saw on Twitter and then I saw on the news, there were 16 bomb threats today at East Coast Jewish community centers. There's two in my area, Jewish community centers, but only one of them had the bomb threat. And there were 300 children at daycare. They had to evacuate the building. Now, thankfully, it was a false alarm, at least the one by me. But this is all, I'm just seeing more and more of this, and I directly blame Mr. Trump because of his tweets, because of his misogyny and his xenophobia, and it's okay, it's okay to pick on women. It's okay to pick on a Muslim. It's okay to pick on a non-white person. I want to build a wall and keep the Mexicans out. Well, if he builds a wall, and, you know, again, we're going, I, I, I you're right. I don't want to make this political, but you know, when I lived in Arizona, that was bandied around um, after um, Jen Napolitano left uh, as governor and Jim Brewer took her place and she was a Republican and a wall was talked about then. Someone said, so you build a nine foot wall, they get a 10 foot ladder. And what are we supposed to do? Who is going to go out into California and uh, Texas and who are going to to pick, you know, we have a, a huge agricultural community and let's face it, the average American doesn't want to go pick crops, you know, if, and, and especially in a hundred degree heat. And unless you live in a hundred degree heat, you have no idea how brutal it can be day after day after day. And I think they deserve some respect. They do a lot of hard work for their money. And many times they, you know, they send it back to their families, you know, um, so they can get the basic necessities. It's not like a lot of these countries have a welfare program. They have nothing. Um, you know, they're they're leaving poverty to just try to, you know, make a better life for their families back home, whether it's Guatemala or Mexico or wherever. So, you know, it's not, I know people were always, when I'm, oh, well, it's drug money. No, it's not. These people come over, they have nothing and they just want to work. So, 
you know, I would say to people that say that, you know, we have strawberries and onions and, you know, vegetables. And if you like those products that we need, the, you know, we need that, those relationships, you know, and um, I, I know it, our immigration policy needs to be worked on, but still people really spouse hatred. It's hatred of people. And I just don't understand where the hatred really comes from you know i i don't get why it's it's formatted to to prevent us from talking about things that really matter to us that are really affecting us you know all of these little wedge issues and and, uh, when we are arguing and fussing and fighting each other we can't get together and you're right and and make this country everybody talk about oh let's make it great again you know i don't know great what the hell are you being why don't we just do what the constitution says we're supposed to do you know, we're, we're, we're supposed to be a united nation. Yes. You know, we and we should yes, unite yeah. for things that we all want. There's certain things we all want, That's you know, right, and and if if we can't get together and make that happen, we're going to go by the way of all the other great empires, Rome, all of them. They all fail, you know, they all yes, fail. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. But, but that's why I worry about Trump and his tweets, because he is supposed to be our leader. And I'm yes, I, okay. And, his, and, that's, and that's fine. Tweets, you yeah, know, you and that, and he's and it's, it's, it's embarrassing. That's what it and is. And he's just a bully. I mean, it's when Meryl Streep said what she said at the Golden Globes, he just has to come back and say, "Well, she's an overrated actress," even though he said a year prior that he she was one of his favorites, or that Saturday Night Live is a lousy show and Alec Baldwin isn't funny when he does his Trump impression, which Saturday Night Live has been doing impressions of presidents since day one. But there why, has not been why a single he president about running this country, and he's so worried about Ex- TV and tweets. I mean, exactly. That's this- what he's. And he, everything is about narcissism. It's all about how does it affect me? But I will ignore tell you, it. I will tell you, we are right now. I think in history, a society of narcissists. When I look at young girls and their selfies, and you know, they everybody's beautiful. And I, I get it when you're in your teens and your twenties. It's a beautiful time to be alive. You know, your skin is beautiful, and you know, you're you're discovering yourself. But you know, everywhere I go, people selfie this, selfie that. When I told you once when I was in France, this woman sat next to me. Um, and she was a, a sweet Asian woman, and she spent. She had a beautiful meal. She spent over twenty minutes doing selfies of all different variations of her with her meal. I'm thinking, wow, it must be cold now. We have this narcissism where we have to take a photo of ourselves with everything, with everything. Everyone needs to see every facet of our lives. I don't understand it. I don't want to know about every single moment of anyone's day, whether it's with your children or grandchildren. I mean, it's just crazy. We've you know just, you know, what's it, really, really embarrassing. We're talking about potential uh, soon to be president, but the president elect of the country in the same conversation. We're talking about teenage girls. That's embarrassing. <laughs> he needs well, to realize that. But it's not. There's, there's no way you're gonna get around. Like you say, he's a narcissist. Narcissists are not gonna. It's get all it. about it, them. Not, yeah, I mean, um, read his tweets. It's always, you know, if you said something nice about him, oh, Vicky Stokes is the most wonderful person in the world because she wrote a nice article about me. But if you said something negative, oh, Vicky, she doesn't know what the heck she's talking about. She's she's just a uh, you know calling a people jerk. fat and really yeah. funny. 
pot calling the kettle black because he's not. Yeah, I mean, he's, it's whether, he's, whether he's you, not a, a small person. It's just so mean spirited, and he's a seventy something year old man. Seventy. It's, it's, and it's, did it's, you it's hear? Shocking. His ex wife Marla Maples went to get her hair done. And wanted yeah. to get it for free in in exchange because for that's, free publicity. That's just him. That's what he does. I'm just, he, he just but I mean, that's what she did. Marla Maples yeah. did that. His ex wife. And I'm thinking, first of all, you guys have more money. Me. You have more money than God. Second of all, who do you think you are mm-hmm. that you should ask for a free haircut? Well, um, like I said, that's him too. He does the same thing. He won't pay his bills and tell people things like, "Oh, well, I don't have to pay for my wedding because the publicity of you doing my wedding is good enough." And he, he counts on you not suing him. I suggest anybody that has a problem with him, sue him. Just go for it. You no, know, you do know that if you don't pay your bills, you can get triple damages in court. You know, but people are so afraid of him. You know, uh, he, it's crazy. That's what worries me. That's, what, of him, you know? that's what worries me, Vicky, is that because of his attitude and the fact that he's just a bully and picks on people that other people are reading this and Small, going, well, he's people, our president. So people, if he can pick on people, people, why can't I pick on people? People do learn by example, but you know, they this do, has been, yeah. this has been going on for a long time. Andy Warhol back in the, during the pop movement, you know, so once famously said, um, everything is pop and we now live. He's absolutely right. Um, that was a great prediction because everything is pop. We have the Kardashians, you know, there are Royal. So I, I read somewhere, I was reading in a newspaper that someone said there are Royal family. What? What? You know what that is? This is good PR people. You can get a good PR team and run around the Tuesday. Suddenly you're the most no, sexiest I know, woman but, in all of America. Vicky, but Vicky, hear people me are watching it. Vicky, hear me out for a second. I think young people, but young girls do. They are very impressionable. You have to realize is that, you know, girls now, they want to look like him or Chloe or whatever the hell is their name are. Kardashians. I, and, that there's that's, an that's, influence. There's an influence that permeates, though, culture. And that's the influence that is we're seeing right now. I mean, if you think about it, we have a pop president who just can't stay off Twitter. We have, and you're right, he's a bully and he, he writes nasty things and he shouldn't. I mean, again, there's no tolerance there and it scares me. And so after four years, are we going to be a, uh, a society of even more rude Americans? I mean... When I, when I travel, I have to tell you, that is one of the biggest beefs of mine is people are so rude when they go to another country. It's so easy to Google, you know, customs in Germany or customs in France or, and it's very, very easy with Duolingo and all of the free apps out there to just to learn a few basic, nice words, you know, please, you know, thank you. Hello. Goodbye. Simple words that you'll use four simple words you'll use all the time. But then when you are traveling and you see people that treat, uh, you know, uh, they are, here they are visitors, they're visitors, and they have this entitlement that, you know, everybody has to speak English. Um, and they treat people as if they're deaf. They start yelling at them. And I'm thinking, what is wrong with people? Do they mm-hmm. really? I just wish I could videotape them, show them, and say, do you realize what an idiot you look like by screaming at this person? Because they can understand you, but they are just making you feel uncomfortable because you refuse to even say a word in German or a word in French or, or what have you. People, we are rude and we just feel we're entitled and that everyone 
um, should speak English. And that's not the ugly American, the ugly American, ugly American. I mean, I do, mm -hmm. I applaud people. Like I was, um, when I was in France last time, there was this, uh, couple that, uh, was walking up and they had asked me for directions in French and she was struggling. And I said, so I said, you know, are you American? And she said, oh, yes. And she, and I said, I want to applaud you for doing, for trying in French. Good for you. And she said, well, I've been practicing. I said, you did a great job. And, but, um, you know, so I gave her, and I, I was, I thought, good for you, you know, because if you, if you go to another country, you want to have an experience. You don't have to be fluent in that language. And to me, I always wonder when Mike and I are driving on the road, how Americans, if they, if they're driving a rental car and they haven't researched the language, that must mean they haven't researched the road signs. So, right. and some of those road signs can be quite tricky. I'm thinking, oh, that's interesting. I wonder, I wonder what the ratio of accidents uh, in Americans and, you know, foreign countries are, because no wonder they're always begging you to get the insurance. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Or they don't turn on the right street and they end up going two months, you know, two hours out of their way. Exactly. But okay, I, I just want to say that one thing about Donald Trump is that uh, the, the behavior is so like teenagers. And I have a very low expectation for teenagers because their, their brains aren't quite right mature yet. <laughs> and, and that's the reason why maybe they glam toward uh, people who they think are glamorous or 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 or. Um, whatever. True. But even, even teenagers can learn from their mistakes. And, um, and I hope that our president does this. I hope somebody gets in his ear and says, you know, this is the most serious job that you're going to ever have in your life. And you truly can be fired if you screw this up. Yeah. You know, you can be, you know, he doesn't have a mandate. He doesn't have friends, that many friends that are Republican or Democrat or independent. He needs to realize that he needs to get his act together. This is very important. And, and I he, hope he, he does. I really use, do. He can't use this as a forum to make money yet. Um, if he does, he can go to jail. <laughs> you know, there's some things you just can't do. You cannot pay your bills. You cannot do the things that he's doing, you know, in his private life. You know, he's going to have to put that to the wayside. And I hope he does because he's going to represent all of us. Well, I have yeah, this is just a few hundred people. No, I yeah. have something to say about him though. I look at his daughter, Ivanka, and she is she's beautiful, she's very intelligent, and she seems like a very kind person just by things that she has, you know, put out there uh, on her social media accounts. So, mm -hmm. to me there's hope, you know, because if he helped raise at all his daughter. I mean, he has something to be very proud of because I think as far as a strong, modern young woman, I think she um, is, a, is a very good role model for that. I mean, she has her own business. She's a mom. Um, she seems to be, you know, happily married. I don't know what her politics are, but, you know, she's articulate. So that to me um, is a good role model for young women. Um, I just think that, you know, I always liked, I always liked to, uh, there was a little thing that happened back years ago and it was like, you know, practice random acts of kindness. And so I remember I was in a cafe once and um, there was this note, it was a $5 bill and it had a note on it and I it had a paper clip. So I said, geez, that must be the tip for the, for the server. So 
I, you know, went to give it to the server and she unclipped it and she said, no, this is for you. And I said, me. And underneath the little piece of paper, it said, I'm paying for your coffee. And it said, you know, um, this is a random act of kindness. I thought, how cool is that? And, you know, so, you know, there's, there's, there are wonderful people out there and, you know, hopefully, um, so, you know, we can all learn to be a little more tolerant and, um, you know, a little more polite and considerate of people. So then I don't have to come home and say, I hate mean people. <laughs> <laughs> I'd really like to stop using that refrain. God, I hate mean people. <laughs> or being emotionally drained after this podcast, because I'm like exhausted now. <laughs> so. yeah. Well, I do have to tell you, I did lose my temper. and But, you know, I have to preface this that I do have Irish in me. So, you know, if anybody that's Irish out there, you'll understand this. Um, Lisa and um, Vicky, we were talking about this last week that I was in the post office and I was waiting and waiting to mail a box. And this guy came in and he decided to buy seven money orders during lunch break, which there's only one clerk at the, our local post office branch at that time. And he paid for each one. Each, each money order was $200. And each one he paid for with $100 bills. So she had to count out $1,400 and one and separately. I'm telling you, I went from being the next person in line and there was probably 12 people behind me. And so finally, um, the manager, the branch manager came out and he was trying to frantically trying to see if anybody, you know, needed something out, outside from sending something. And of course, no one did. And he said, well, somebody, you know, just will somebody pay by um, a credit card? I said, I'll pay by debit, PayPal, you name it. So he brought me to the, to the um, automated um, window, which I only thought was for priority mail, but it wasn't, I could, you can mail big packages there. And so the guy came out and when he came out, I said something to him and I said, you know, you could do that at a bank or at Walmart or a grocery store. And he said, I don't have a bank account and I like to do it here. And I said, well, nothing like inconveniencing everyone. And he said uh, something, well, well, that's like, like that was too bad. And he walked off. Well, then he came back in and I had, I was using a pen and I had put it on the counter to, um, to uh, rewrite the address on the label. And he took my pen. So I ran behind him and I said, excuse me. Um, you took my pen. And he said, well, I didn't see your name on it. Maybe you should write, write your name on it next time. I said, well, maybe you should ask before you just pick up someone's pen. And uh, the poor postal clerk was saying, now let's all be patient. Let's all be nice to each other. <laughs> so I, I'm thinking, well, this is Texas. People do pack. So, <laughs> so uh, I said, um, and he said something like, well, very sarcastically, like, well, have a nice day. And I said, I will now that I have my pen back. And so it's <laughs> really lame. I didn't, but, I didn't realize that that was your pen. Yes. I, I was, thought, well, maybe it was a post office pen no, or something. No, it was but, mine. And he just took oh, it. Oh, but it was a post office pen. It would have been stuck to the, on a chain or something. Yeah. Oh, well, he took yeah, my pen. Yeah. So, oh. you know, um, again, you know, could I have handled it better? Absolutely. But I was frustrated. Yeah. I had waited um, almost a half hour in line, a half an hour mm. just sitting there, dum-de-dum-de-dum. Um, and, you know, I'm thinking, well, why didn't the clerk say, fill out this form? Like you were saying, Vicki, you know, go off to one side and we'll do these separately, but just fill out the form for each one. He, you know, yeah. so. Yeah, our post office won't, won't uh, 
uh, my little local post office is so small anyway, it's a small town. So they couldn't afford to do that. They wouldn't get anything done if somebody did that. So you have to have your forms filled out. If you, you're in the line and they're not filled out, they won't tell you to go back to the end of the line. They tell you to stand over to the side, fill out the paperwork. When you finish, you be next after the person that they're currently working on. And you can go back and forth next after right. the next person that they work. So you're not holding up everybody because you didn't do what you should have done before you got But somebody shouldn't even have to ask you to do that. You should kind yeah. of know as an adult that, you know what? There's 10 people in line. Let me go off to a side and I'll fill out the forms. I mean, seriously? I mean, it, it, it defies logic. They, they can do, yeah, do whatever they can do to get all what about they, me. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah. We are the generation of all about me. All about uh-huh. me. Yep. Yeah. It's like my little okay. dog. Dog is like that. It's all about him. Oh, <laughs> poor doggy. Okay, so we're going to wrap this up for now. Um, We'd love to get some of your feedback. If you've had experiences like this or, you know, did you agree or disagree with what we had to say, let us know. 3geekyladies.com, number three spelled out, and you'll find all our contact information there. We want to say thank you so much for listening, and we will talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to our tyrants. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. I think just a straight ad, don't you? Yeah. Like what? What would we say? Like tech fan podcast uh, or? Are you are you interested in technology and gadgets? Uh huh. Do you um, want to listen to two guys who know technology and gadgets? Are we claiming to be those guys? Yes. <laughs> well, there, there we go. Are we claiming to be that be those guys? You be the judge, tech fan podcast. No. Yeah. That'll work. Let's use that as an ad.